This is WNXS News with your anchors, Kit Harding, Jake E, ISO on Esports, and Diz on Product Forecast. Welcome to WNXS News, your nexus for magic news. I'm Jank E. And I'm Kit Harding. Thank you for joining us. Our top story? Further examples of community racism were brought to light, and it wasn't pretty. Aaron Campbell, co-host of the Magic Mike's podcast, posted an image explaining that someone had gone through her tweets from roughly a decade ago that contained some racist terminology. We will not be linking to the tweets due to the content, but the full list included uses of a specific racial slur and more than one instance of fetishizing black men. The initial tweet released by Erin was intended to serve as an apology for her actions, but it was not a good apology by most standards. This was pointed out by a fairly large number of people who also referred to her previous critiques of similar apologies from others. The apology acknowledged that the tweets were racist, but she went on to say, quote, Of course I am and was guilty of racism because we are a systemically racist culture, end quote. She then said that at that time in her life, she had been taught to believe that she could speak to or for people of color while overshadowing those same voices. Needless to say, both the tweets that were uncovered and the apology tweet sparked significant discussion and outrage. Part of that outrage was focused on the fact that she didn't seem to apologize to the community that was affected, just to the people who saw the tweets. Many other content creators, like Nick Prince and Chris Von Doom, very publicly questioned the intent behind the apology. And some of these same content creators criticized the fact that people outside of the affected community seemed to be willing to accept the apology, despite it not being their place to do so. Another part of the crowd's displeasure came on the heels of more recent allegations coming to light directly relating to the fetishization. These comments came from individuals who said they felt uncomfortable and unsafe during interactions with Erin as recently as 2017. This incident is another item in an ongoing conversation about the magic community being unsafe for players of color. It does seem like every other episode, there's another incident like this to report on. The community might be in the process of having a reckoning, but we still have a long way to go before these incidents stop being a pattern. One last unintended consequence of this entire situation was that a different member of the community was attacked by people who assumed she was Aaron. Fan artist and cosplayer Megan, aka Sheepwave, received numerous hateful and threatening messages. Megan has addressed the situation on her own Twitter, and numerous community members came to her defense. This is another dangerous pattern. Desire to show off ally cred by jumping into action without stopping to think about potential consequences. This frequently causes splash damage, as in this instance when someone entirely unrelated to the incident was targeted. It's important to remember that threats and harassment are never the appropriate response in a situation like this. After posting the apology tweet, Erin made no further efforts to engage about the issue, and in fact posted no tweets before apparently deleting her account on July 16th. However, on Wednesday, January 21st, it was announced via the Magic Mike's Discord that Erin would be leaving the show 
and a new host would be announced on Monday following the announcement. We will keep you posted for any further developments. Our next story. The quarterly Commander Rules Committee and Commander Advisory Group meeting took place just before the release of Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. This was the first meeting for two new CAG members and one surprisingly quick ban. Kristen Gregory and Elizabeth Rice, a.k.a. Ellie of the Vale, were both added to the CAG. Kristen is a writer for Card Kingdom and Elizabeth for Channel Fireball. Their first meeting was certainly an impactful one. Commander Legends did exactly as intended by shaking up the EDH format and injecting a lot of fresh mechanics and themes into the game. Some of these were highly debated amongst the community as to whether they were actually good for the format, like Opposition Agent, and at least one was decided to not be. Holbreacher has left the building. Just when I didn't think you could get cornier. Thank you. Thank you very much. Just like any ban, there was a very clear divide between those who agreed that it was necessary and those who think it was wildly over the line. The Rules Committee defended their decision to ban the card by referring to its offensive usage when partnered with mass draw spells, more commonly referred to as wheels, to strip other players' hands repeatedly and consistently, but still powering up their own in the process. This type of strategy is something that the Rules Committee has stated they want to try to reduce as much as possible in casual play, shown by their ban of Leovold in the past. Players have noted that there are other cards like Narset Parter Avails or Notion Thief still in the format similar to Holbreacher. The Rules Committee has gone on record as saying both of these cards are being watched closely but have not yet taken action regarding them. And just like that, one more Commander Control spell vanishes into the Mana Vortex. Uh, I... You, you know what? Why not? Sure, it's now in the Mana Vortex. Where all that is mysterious lurks. Next up! We have just come off the Adventures in the Forgotten Realms pre-release, and we hit up one of the pre-release events to get perspective from players in the wild. I'm here at the Atomic Empire in Durham, North Carolina, with Max and Jacob. Gentlemen, thank you both for joining me. Of course, of course, thank you. Glad to be here. So we're here uh, at the Adventures in the Forgotten Realms pre-release, and um, Jacob, we'll start with you. How are you feeling being back in an in-person event for the first time in a year? It's kind of weird because I've actually been out of playing Magic for a little bit over a year, maybe two years now. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting to be back uh, in person. I've been playing mostly on online on MTG Arena, so it feels good to be holding real cards again. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see how well I do, and I'm a huge D&D fan, so this set also, just in general, I'm really excited. Makes a sense. Magic. Yeah, I'm in a similar boat. I actually haven't played Magic in years, I don't think. Uh, so this is this is very different. We played a practice game actually right before this, and we were like, oh yeah, I should probably like wait for him to play his cards before I like draw another card. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been a while. I get that completely. Um, so it's been you, you both told me I've been playing mostly online for the last year. Uh, webcam has also taken off. How are you feeling about the event itself? Like your decks build, everything like that. 
it's been a while since I've played a limited format as well. Um, so it's hard for me to, or not hard, but I have to get back to the mindset of being like, I got to play what I got. Like, I can't, like, I'm like, oh, this is optimal. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the that's the point of the set, or like the point of the, the format is like, it's not optimal. You got to do what you can. Exactly. But uh, yeah. When you pull a Terrasque, you go Terrasque. <laughs> you make it work. See, that one's been regarded as um, not as good as it should be for being the Terrasque. Where do you stand on that? I don't know how into D and D you are. So. Very. Uh, <laughs> I I think it's good. I I don't know. I'm one of those people who plays Magic very casually, and I don't want to. I hate being on the other side of the table when somebody plays something that's just ridiculous, even if it is nine mana. So, I, I like where it's at. I think it's appropriate. I think it should have had Indestructible. <laughs> I mean, like, it's a great card. I'm not going to be mad about it, right? I just or feel like... Trample, right? Yeah. Yeah, Trample, trample would have been good. Too. I don't that's know. One of, the, one of the other... I don't know. I like the idea of just this big, imposed... I guess that's what the War 10 is supposed to do, right? It's like, it's... But I then guess, it yeah. just it feels weird to be like, oh, yeah, any board wipe will we'll take yeah, care of it. Touch. Any one one with Death Touch can kill yeah, creature. Yeah, I don't like that. Like a, like a Typhoid Rat gets Terrasc. Steps on a Basilisk. Done. Yeah, I don't know. I think it should have had indestructible or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, thank you both so much, and good luck with the event. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, you too. Okay, uh, we have just finished up round one in the pre-release, so I've got John and Nicholas here with me. Um, John, thanks so much for talking. Yeah, thanks. And Nicholas, you too? Yeah, thanks. All right, so um, after round one and after this year away, how are you guys feeling today? Uh, we'll start with Nicholas. I'm feeling pretty good. The deck, the deck that I was able to put together feels pretty good. Uh, with all the treasure that's going on in the set, I feel pretty happy about playing like three color decks, like splashing for a few things here and there with all the different treasures to fix the mana. I'm playing like Mardu equipment and like slapping a few things around. So it's it's fun. So, so round one went well for you. Uh, it went well for the most part. I lost I lost overall match, but I forgot that Paladin class increases spells during my opponent's turn by one. And I would have fireballed during my turn instead, but I forgot about it and already passed the turn. So. Gotcha. And uh, John, how about you? Didn't do too well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> zero two for the round, uh, but I think I played pretty well. Just missed one trigger at the end uh, that could have saved me. But deck's not bad. Understandable. So I, I asked the other two that we've spoken with so far. Um, it's been a year away from Magic. We've all been playing at most through some sort of online software, webcam Magic. So how does it feel to be back here in a store with actual people for the first time in like 14, 15 months? Yeah, it feels pretty good. I actually played uh, the pre-release for Modern Horizons 2, um, what, a month ago or whatever? Um, but yeah, it's it's nice to be back in my, uh, my home LGS, Atomic uh, Empire here. I love it here. So. Nicholas, what about you? Yeah, it's a nice experience. Uh, I'm I'm new currently to the, to the town, so it's nice. To, it's always nice to do a pre-release event because that's where you get to know the most people and you get to interact with a lot of people at different pods. And it's like, oh, it's a cool casual experience. So I'm really enjoying doing it in person since it's been real weird doing it online and not really having the other person beside you kind of talking through and working through decks. Right, totally understand that. Um, well, thank you both. I will let y'all go get ready for round two. Now I'm here with Ashley. We've just finished up round two just a minute ago. Ashley, how are you feeling about today so far? Uh, feeling okay. This is my first time doing this kind of event. Uh, I'm pretty new to Magic, and I think I pulled some okay cards. I'm just trying to figure out how to use them. If it makes you feel any better, the rest of us who've been playing this game for years are doing the exact same thing because this set's a little bit weird. Um, how, uh, how are you doing so far with your rounds? Uh, I went 2-1 in first round. Round two, I had a bye, so... I'm sitting in a kind of zone of anxiety about that right now, but I I just reconfigured my deck, uh, switched colors a little bit. Hopefully that'll 
help out and uh, see if I can't win the next round. Sounds good. So, um, how long have you been playing Magic for? Uh, I played for about six months back in the Innistrad block years and years ago, and then I kind of fell out of it. And I just started getting back into it during the pandemic, so I've been collecting Magic cards again for about a year, and only recently started playing actually in person, maybe about two months ago. But I've been doing Arena for about a year to kind of get back into the game. Gotcha. Completely understand. So you said this is the first event you've done like this before. Um, but you've been playing only online for the last year or so because, you know, pandemic. And I'm assuming you've been just kind of hunkered down like the rest of us, like except for if you have to go out for work or food or whatever. Um, how's it feel to be back in, in an actual crowd, like in a store environment? It's good. It's good. Uh, we're here at Atomic Empire, which is uh, my LGS that I just absolutely love. I'm used to being here for um, Adventures League Dungeons & Dragons more than anything. So it really excited that my first reason to come back to the store for an event is a Dungeons & Dragons-themed Magic the Gathering event. It just feels very right. Makes complete sense. Okay, um, well, if you don't mind me asking, since this isn't exactly a spoiler for the rest of the world, what are you playing today? What, what deck are you running? Oh, gosh. Um, red, white, blue, which is not... A combo that I usually run, so I'm not super familiar with what that's called. I was hoping to draft Abzan, but didn't happen. Um, I am just trying to roll a lot of dice and roll with advantage to try to draw more cards. Uh, Got that barbarian class, huh? Yeah, I only pulled one, but hopefully it'll do some work for me. Uh, mana curve's a little weird, so pretty low to the ground. I'm hoping that I'll get enough card draw to make up for that and uh, see what I can do. Yeah, kind of a weird deck. I'm not really sure how to describe it, but it's fun get that completely all right well i'm gonna let you go uh finish getting ready for the next round which should be starting here in a little while um thank you so much for speaking with me thank you okay we've just wrapped up the third and final round here at the atomic empire and i'm sitting here with alex and sydney uh thank y'all both for speaking with me today no problem it was my pleasure um okay so you guys were telling me that this is your second ever pre-release so uh sydney we'll start with you what's it been like just the last year playing magic for you and coming back to a live event finally after all this time um it's been really interesting because i usually actually only play against alex because um, we're dating <laughs> and so um the, he's the only person i know that plays so playing against other people was a very new experience for me um and I actually found that I got a lot less frustrated at people I, I didn't know, which makes me feel kind of bad about how mean I am to him. <laughs> so Alex, it's come to the light that she bullies you. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, what's it been like for you over the last year and now this sudden shift back to crowd? Yeah, I've, um, yeah, similar to her, I've only really been playing against Sydney. I've played a bit online with uh, Cockatrice, but other than that, you know, I haven't really gotten any in-person play. We only did, we had one pre-release, uh, and it was the Theros Beyond Death, and then COVID hit immediately after. So we, we've been sitting there waiting for this <laughs> for like two years now almost. And uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, I, I'm really glad things are back, and I'm glad we're able to do this safely. And I think we all kind of share that feeling. Um, how, just a quick summary, how did the event go for each of you? Uh, I'll start with you. I went really well. I uh, Yeah, I think all my opponents were great. I think everything was organized really well. I don't think there was really any problems at all. I think everything was fantastic. And Sydney? Um, I actually really liked using the app to track everything. That was like a new experience for me. Um, so that was really cool. And I came in with low expectations for my own wins because I'm very much like play to have fun type of person. And I had a lot of fun. So I, I'm really happy with how the day went. 
Well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I will let y'all go on about your day because it's obviously the end of the round. Um, hopefully we'll see y'all at future events. Definitely. Thank did you play also? I did. Uh, I did not do well. <laughs> I'm still waiting for a good time to crack my Modern Horizons 1 box for a draft. It's been four years, Kit. I think it's time. It's been a bit hard to have people over for the last year. It's really only been three years. There's still plenty of time. Time for a break! Followed by Diz telling us what we can expect from the upcoming Commander decks. Throughout the multiverse, there are legends and there are wonders. Some things that seem inexplicable are merely clever applications of magic. This show is not about those. This show is about the multiverse's true mysteries. The ones that no one has been able to explain until now. Through painstaking research, discussions with experts, and often life-threatening exploration, we have found the truth. Open your mind. Join us on this journey into the Mana Vortex. Coming soon to WNX Ads. And we're back. We don't want to drag on, so let's roll over to Diz to hear about the next batch of Commander decks. Diz? Thanks, Jank. We got four new decks with this set. Each one a unique new build and theme. The first is known as Aura of Courage, a green, blue, and white deck that focuses on auras and equipments. The face commander, Galea, Kindler of Hope, allows players to cast auras and equipments from the top of their library and automatically attach equipment to available creatures. One of the things I missed from the Kaldheim and Strixhaven sets was a solid creature-based aggressive deck. Do we get anything like that? As a matter of fact, we do. The Draconic Rage deck is green and red, and as you may have guessed from the name, runs a fair amount of dragons. It also uses dice rolling to produce extra benefits, especially with the face commander, Vrondis, Rage of Ancients. Vrondis has an ability allowing it to deal damage to itself whenever its controller rolls a die, and when damage is dealt to it, a 5-4 dragon token is generated. The new dungeon mechanic has my interest. Do any of the decks take on the theme? The Dungeons of Death deck, helmed by Sephiroth of the Hidden Ways, does exactly that, Kit. Not only does it enable venturing into the dungeon, it even rewards its controller whenever they successfully complete one. This deck is packed with dungeon abilities and sacrifice creatures that push its player further towards victory. The last of the four decks focuses on casting cards from exile and is appropriately named Planner Portal. Prosper? Tomebound, the face commander, lets players both exile their own cards and gives treasure tokens whenever they cast a spell from exile, whether their own or someone else's. You can see lots of abilities that exile cards from all players and lets the pilot cast them from exile. Each of these can be found starting on release day, the day this episode airs. Kit? Thanks, Diz. Our next story. A new format was introduced to MTG Arena, and within a day, one card had already made enough impact to be banned. 
That has to be a record for non-commander formats, right? R.I.P. in peace, Lutri. Exactly. The mana vortex is always hungry, always growing, always consuming. This time it reached the arena-specific format of Standard 2022. This format is a preview of what Standard will look like post-rotation, allowing only Zendikar Resurgent, Kaldheim, Strixhaven, and Adventures in the Forgotten Realms to be played. However, one card from the Forgotten Realms was already deemed too powerful for that version of the format. Due to a combo with Faceless Haven and Book of Exalted Deeds, there was a frighteningly high percentage of players having a land with a counter that caused those players to be unable to lose the game and their opponents unable to win the game. This led to the banning of Book of Exalted Deeds in Standard 2022. So it was more like Platinum Angel and less like Platinum Ranked. Precisely. There is very little land destruction in Standard 2022, and the fact that it is a strictly best-of-one format made sideboarding against the deck impossible. However, the ban announcement did say that this does not necessarily mean that Book of, Exal- that Book of Exalted Deeds will be banned in actual Standard once Innistrad Midnight Hunt releases and the rotation takes effect. The July Arena Open has now been announced, so we'll head over to ISO to hear more about it. ISO? Thank you, Jank. July 31st and August 1st will host the next Arena Open weekend, and this time we're going back to the standard format. Day 1 will give players the option of playing either best of 1 or best of 3 matches, with best of 1 requiring 7 wins to move on, and best of 3 requiring 4. Day 2 will be specifically best of 3, and that's where the real money is. Prizes range from all players who participate receiving layer of the Hydra card sleeves, to gems for day 1 wins, and up to $2,000 for day 2. This is one of the last events scheduled before qualifying events for the World Championship really pick up, with August 6th to 8th holding the Challenger Gauntlet, and September 2nd to 5th hosting both the Rivals and MPL Gauntlets. The Royal Championship train is barreling down the tracks, with 8 competitor slots still left to be claimed. Back to you, Kit. Thank you, ISO. We've mentioned before on WNXS News that the Magic Story has undergone some drastic shifts over the last couple of years. The version of story we see for Adventures in the Forgotten Realms is even more unique. That's right, Kit. This time, the story is released weekly as downloadable one-shot D&D adventure modules, each including a level recommendation so players can be appropriately prepared. By the release of this episode, four adventures will have been published, each with a different plot and theme. They're available at the Story tab of the Magic homepage. Are you planning to run any of the campaigns? I'm lacking in a gaming group at the moment. See previous statement about having trouble having people over. You? <laughs> uh, my DM has not responded to my DMs yet, so I don't know. Our final story this episode. VMLMTG, a magic tournament organizer, was able to put together their next tournament for players of marginalized genders. Held July 17th and 18th, it was a historic qualifier for $10 an entry. 
This isn't the first such tournament for VML MTG, who have made this type of tournament their primary focus. It's always good to see outreach to marginalized groups, especially in this hobby we all love so much. We've seen plenty of evidence this week that outreach is something we need more of. That's all this edition. We'll see you next time. Same time, new news.